identified. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host at Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, happy holidays. How are you? What's going on? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, it's almost Christmas and you know what I always say? I love Christmas. But unfortunately on the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Bijan Robinson just going out there and fucking me. I mean, my good Lord in heaven. Ugh. And the problem is I put him in a column. I put him in a fucking column and I said he was going to go off and I got I got lit up like the Fourth of July for that one, uh, but the bird jinx. What do you want me to do? What am I supposed to do? Everything no, suggested that the Carolina Panthers were going to secede a big day. Did I say secede? Sorry, concede, concede a big day to Bijan Robinson and what got in the way, Arthur Smith. That's what got in the way. So to all my Atlanta folks, yeah, I can't promise I'm going to be on my best behavior today. Um, yeah, save it for later. <laughs> oh, I will. I will. Mo- mo- most certainly. Um, one thing that I do want to get to very quickly before we uh, before we start. Uh, no, this is Tuesday. No, we're late. Um, there was a scheduling conflict. Jake had a family emergency that he had to attend to. We were supposed to record this yesterday. Uh, on Monday, it did not happen. Uh, Jake obviously had to take care of that. And then Adam um, had previously said that he needed the day. So we were just like, you know what? Let's just do it, uh, him and I, today. Uh, hope sending all the best, of course, to uh, to Jake. And the plan is going to be, yes, that uh, things will be as normal for the remainder of the week. But for now, the only thing that's, that's uh, screwed up is the timing of this show. But here we are. You're going to get a preview and a review combined. So cheers. A twofer. Exciting. Yeah, uh, really a halfer for both. You know, half... Yeah. Half review, half preview NFC, half preview, half review AFC. So really, it's a twofer, but combined, it's a whole show. Yes. I think that, you know, maybe we'll talk about this in production meetings, but this might be the future of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. If we learn how to be, if we can be efficient with these shows, this could be, this could be something. We could have stumbled upon a thing for us. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> See, I I like those I like those drawn out shows though, where there's like a, a ample opportunities to go out on limbs and and discuss certain things. This kind of show, you need to be very like particular about where you where, where you plant your roots and you know things to talk about. So, uh, but we'll we'll get we'll get to it. Might be a longer show. Who knows? We're gonna find out. But eight games. Yes. Uh, congratulations to everyone who made semifinals. Um, I'm only in two semifinals, so that's great. Yeah, I got I got absolutely taken to the cleaners in in, in corners in quarters. So, um, yeah, two semis, and if you had if you had a team that's on a buy and your team put up 107 points, congratulations, you're making it to a championship. If you were on a buy and your team put up 150 points, congratulations, you're playing for third place. Yeah, I literally, I was like, this is the best week to be on by. Because mm-hmm. I had Mr. Mister Robinson um, on my team. I don't know, that team is, I don't know. Because Keenan Allen and Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Bijan was terrible. I I don't know. 
So oh, the two leagues, the two leagues that I have, I, I have a buy. They're both full point PPR, one super flex, one's not. The one that's not, I put up ninety seven points. The super flex, I put up ninety nine. I'm pretty sure I put up like ninety two. <laughs> last yeah, uh, dreadful last week when dreadful. I had a buy. It was which is, uh, why, which, which yeah, is why we are we are thankful for the buy. Thankful for the buy. Oh, I've never been more thankful for the buy. My first one. And then I survived in the guillotine because DK Metcalf is is an amazing person. An amazing wide receiver. We love DK. Shout out DK. Great guy. Oh, that catch. I mean, which one? But like... I was going to say, which one? <laughs> going to say, which one? And who would have thought? Drew Locke. And good for him. Good for I, I've, I know, right? I've turned I've turned the, the corner on Drew Locke. He's I thought it was a little a little arrogant and a little a little bit too much for me. Um nah. That dude that dude's awesome. That dude's awesome. And and you could see how much it meant to him to uh to win that game. So good for him. Yep. And we'll talk about that game, I think. Will we? Or we'll yeah. talk about the Seahawks. Yeah, I believe oh, we no, talked about Seahawks. No, they're they're in Tennessee, so we will not be talking about this. Uh, uh, tartar sauce. Yeah, well, we'll talk about the Eagles though. So that's gonna be fun. But yes. that's that's all the way at the end of this episode. I can't First wait to up, talk about the Eagles. I can't wait. <laughs> First up is Thursday, and that is the New Orleans Saints in LA to face the LA Rams. And so since this is our first time doing this, we'll just start off with the preview, with the review, and then go into the preview for both teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so for New Orleans, um, good showing from them last week against the New York Football Giants. Derek Carr with a pretty great three touchdown day. Alvin Kamara still doing things, um, and you know even the bouncer scored in that game as well. Yeah, I mean, but you also have to look at, you know, it's all about opportunity for a lot of these guys with, with Chris Olave out and that really just boned so many people. I mean, oh my good lord. Um I mean the only guy that really of the outfield players that really did noteworthy things where you could say, Oh yeah, I could start him and it'd be okay with it was obviously was Alvin Kamara. And, I mean, if you were in a fantasy playoff and you were playing the likes of A.T. Perry, Lynn Bowden, I did see some, some teams in deeper leagues play Rashid Shahid, and, and, and that's okay. That's okay. I, I understand that. Uh, did, Rashid Shahid did not work out at all. Um, Neither did Taysom Hill. No, no. And that, that, was, that was surprising. That was surprising that, that Taysom Hill was not uh, utilized more, at least ran out there. Uh, a bit more against uh, against the Giants, but uh, Taysom's going to be a low a lower end starting option. You could still start him, and he's but he's in, in the range of you need a tight you need a touchdown for Taysom uh, to be anything of note. And then outside of you know uh, Kamara Olave, who if they are playing, you're starting them. There's nobody else really that I'm going to be comfortable starting against the against the uh, the L A Rams. And that includes Derek Carr. He's a he's a low end streaming option for me this week. <laughs> well, it's gonna be a tough matchup for Derek Carr. 
And, yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. And it's going to be on the road in LA. And it's going, yeah, it's going to be a lot tougher. And especially if he doesn't have Chris Olave again, you know. It's I've heard to... there's optimism that Olave plays this week. Still, though, I feel like it's, I don't know, is it just Camara and Olave if he plays at this point for the Saints? Yeah. As far yeah. as guys you're starting? Yes, it is. Yeah. And then for the Rams, I mean, the Rams did what we all expected them to do against Washington, um, which was, you know, wipe the floor with them. Although, honestly, that game is a lot closer than I thought it was going to be um, because Jacoby Brissett, you know, really brought them back from the dead. But, you know, Kyron Williams, who would have thought? Kyron Williams, potential league winner. Nobody even, like, in the beginning of the season, he's one of those guys where, you know, we all thought it was going to be Cam Akers and who else? Royce Freeman, I guess. I'm probably not. No, Darrell Henderson. Like, Darrell Henderson. Darrell Henderson. Yeah. And then, you know, both those guys aren't even there anymore. And Kyron Williams has really just taken this uh, by the reins and has been the the go-to workhorse guy for the, for the Rams. This is a preview to go into ne- into next year. And of course, you're you're starting you're starting Stafford this week against New Orleans. Uh, you're starting Kyron. Stafford is a great a great streamer this week against the Saints. Uh, you're starting Kyron. You're starting Cup. You're starting Nakua. Uh, you can't start Tyler Hickby. We can clear that. We can clear that, and then we can get to the overwhelming point. We can look at next year for a second. The point that I want to make when you look at next year's guys, and this is something that I think some people kind of half embraced this year and others didn't, where we look at opportunity, right? And we may not be the biggest fans of the players. Like, I don't think Kyron Williams is the best running back I've ever seen. I, I think Kyron Williams, maybe based on, on skill and talent, is probably a lower half running back in the National Football League. And I think that might be being, being kind. But what Kyron Williams has done is he's gone, on, gone into this situation with the Los Angeles Rams, who they needed a running back. Cam Akers was most certainly not it. Kyron Williams took advantage of that. And now he's become a full-on workhorse for Sean McVay. And what have I always said? That if you're a starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams and they commit to one guy, that guy is a fantasy diamond. Diamond. And that's what Kyron Williams... Gurley. That's Exactly. Exactly. Todd Gurley. Exactly. This is what Kyron Williams has, has become. And this is an example of opportunity that arose. Another great example of that, and I think this will be a guy that we're also talking about here today as well, is Rashad White. That's that that is the greatest example. And that's that I think is the one that most people bought into was taking a shot on Rashad White because of opportunity and opportunity alone. This was another one that was definitely a wait and see to see if that was going to happen. And then some other names that I think, you know, we could be seeing. Not necessarily them full on take over, but definitely guys that could have more stake in their backfields um come next James year. Cook. Come next year would be uh well. Well, James Cook, yes. James Cook is another great example. He's finally turned it on. But Ty Chandler, I think, is for sure one. And uh, another one before that unfortunate, terrible injury that he suffered Sunday night 
was Keaton Mitchell. Yep. Those were the two. But the two big ones that I think coming into the year was who was going to be the Rams running back and then Rashad White. Those were the two that everyone was looking at. And people half bought in on Rashad White. People were not as convinced with Kyron Williams. I think most people say, oh, yeah, but Rashad White's a better running back than Kyron Williams. That might be true. That might be true. But both of them have taken well, advantage do, of the opportunities they have for themselves. What's Rashad that? White, they do different things is the, is the deal with those. Rashad White is a very inefficient runner who is great catching passes out of the backfield. Kyron Williams is, you know, he's the kind of guy that gets, like in this game, he got 27 carries, but he only caught, well, only caught five balls, but five balls for three yards. So um, I think we're they just do different things. I don't know if you can say that one is better than the other necessarily. I think um, you can. I think you can. It just comes out of what your cup of tea is. Right. If you like your... If you like a more hard-nosed running back, then I think Kyron is more your guy. If you like some trickery, but you also like you also like the directness, it's Rashad White. Rashad White has improved throughout the year, for sh- for sure. I mean, oh, we, we start we started off the year with Rashad White, and we were talking about you know panic button with Rashad White. We were we were nervous. We were really really oh, yeah. nervous about about Rashad White, and, but now here we are, and we're talking about Rashad White now going into next year. We could be taking Rashad White in like round three, depending on what the what the quarterback situation is like in in, in Tampa Bay, which is yeah, which is crazy. Where did you? I'm just wondering because the only thing I reference. So you in the non guillotine league, you took him in the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, it sounds right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at it. <laughs> You took him forty first overall, okay, in a ten man league. So fifth that's round, fine. okay, hey, that's um, great. I don't know where I, but like Rashad White, yeah, I totally agree. We were taught, we were like, oh god, what are, what have we done? Rashad White is he a mm. bust? Whatever. Um, sorry, didn't want to use the b word there, but you know he that's has okay. been that's on, a, he's been on a massive, massive heater, where he has scored touchdowns. In was that like six or five of his past six games, something along those lines? And you know, he's doing it on the ground and through the air, and he's getting that usage too. And his yards per carry has also been up above his career average, especially the last couple of weeks. He had one touchdown going into week nine. And since week nine, he's rattled off six touchdowns in his last seven games. That's that's silly. Yeah. And he's getting the work. He's getting the work. And every, Honestly, every it's one of those seven games. Since week nine, really. Because he scored two in week nine. And then one against Tennessee. One against the Niners. And then one against the Carolina. Colts. One against Carolina. One against Atlanta. And then one against uh, Green Bay. But what he's also yeah. doing in, in that stretch as well is he's getting the volume. Every game outside of one, which is, of course, San Francisco, on, and for obvious reasons, he's had double-digit carries. And in every single one of those games, he's had 15 touches, which is huge. Huge, especially in full-point PPR. When we were talking about during that barren run, we were talking about, okay, we need Rashad White to at least come down with five, six balls. He's doing that still, but... He's now adding that rushing 
efficiency and an overall efficiency really to to his game on top of a very impressive ceiling that we've uncovered within these last seven weeks. Uh, yeah, Rashad Rashad White is 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 the fucking man. I I, I love him. But uh, just going going back to the Rams before we uh, before we move on, uh, you're starting your your big time Rams Stafford, Kyron, Cop. Nice bounce back game for Cooper Cup, and and I think the Washington Commanders are your atypical. All right, if we're you know needing a, a get right game, uh, Washington is a great team to have a get right game against, and and Cooper Cup most certainly did. Uh, I'm not really concerned about Puka, uh, not yet. Anyway, I think Puka will have a, a better game against against New Orleans on Thursday, um, and then outside outside of that, I can't trust Higby. Yeah. Well, we'll see about the commanders anyway. Um, yeah, we'll see. And that, but we're not talking about that. That's for you and Jake to talk about. Thank yeah. God, because I'm sick of talking about the team that plays the commanders next week. Um. Anyway, so next up, we're just gonna get we're just gonna get right to this. The Colts and the Falcons. Say your piece, Bird. Or if if you speak, you're in big trouble, as they as a as a wise man once said. If I speak, if I speak, I'm in, I'm in big, big trouble, big trouble. <laughs> I mean, what's there to say? I what, what what is there to say? Well, Desmond got benched, so it's going to be the Heineke. Yeah, show. thank God, thank God. It's one of the first things I saw this morning. I one of my yeah. one of my texts from my Atlanta guys was that Algier was was uh, Algier. I'm getting ready to just go on a on a, on a rip right now. Um, that Heineke was going to be the guy. And I'm sitting there. I'm saying to myself, but no, I don't want Heineke to be the guy because I like Heineke. I like Taylor. He's a he's a nice boy. He's a nice boy. But I just Jesus Christ. I I mean, eight touches for B. John Robinson in a, in a game in a game which called for Bijan. It called for him. In the terrible conditions, granted, granted, what I what I will say as well is that is that Bijan fumbled, he had his fumbling problems that didn't help his cause. So, but like Adam, we go into next year, we look at Jameer Gibbs, we look at Bijan. Is it insane to say to fantasy managers, yeah, Jameer Gibbs might actually go higher than Bijan in redraft? Oh well, I don't think it time, is. They're, they're in diverging paths. For Jameer's sure, going up. For sure, Bijan's going down. Yep. I'm not At there in dynasty. Time. That I, I we, don't. Got, I got that question a ton this week. It was where are we at with Bijan and dynasty? Bijan is still the RB two. McCaffrey's the RB one, but it's really close now between Bijan and Gibbs. R- really close. Yeah, please don't clip what I just said. But I think that at this moment in time, it's just like you it's hard if we if drafts were do were happening tomorrow for next year, I don't think well, I honestly, even like in August, I don't think I'm gonna be um drafting Bijan Robinson again. Just because No, he he, he might as long be as, probably gonna cost like a turn one two turn pick. Yeah. <laughs> well, crazy. especially if people start picking running backs early again and we start well, you know let me ask you this now adam if arthur yeah. smith is god would you consider Bijan? 
yes. I think I would. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I would too. Yeah, because really it's Arthur Smith. Yeah, 1,000%. They lost is... to the Panthers. I, I don't I care about weather. I don't care. You have Bijan Robinson. You should have been riding that dude into the ground. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And and Desmond Ritter, my God, that, that, that dude's bad. That dude's bad. But, oh, God. Ne- never again. Never, never again. Will I go out go on a limb, at least in a public in a public setting, and back at anybody who plays for for Arthur Smith? And what's kind of sad is looking at uh, this week's matchup versus Indianapolis. It 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 calls for Bijan to be okay. It calls for Bijan to have at least a half decent game. But the problem well, is, I think is if you if if there is a manager. Under the sun that made it with Bijan at negative point one or point four, whether you're in half or full. Do do you are you trusting Bijan Robinson? Are you throwing him right back into your lineup willingly after what we just saw? Well, I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't know how you can. As speaking for experience, as a manager that has Bijan on his team that made it to the second round by virtue of a buy. I don't really have too many other options where it's like Bijan or like Najee Harris and Jalen Warren at this point. Sure. So my team is pretty thin. So I'm just like, you you live by the sword and die by the sword. You got, you got, you got to ride it out. You got to ride it out. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, look, the Colts, Colts are a great matchup for, for Bijan. A lot of the fourth most points to, uh, to the running back position. And they have conceded at least, 70 yards to the running back position in every game since week 10. They had their bye in, in week 11 with three touchdowns in that span as well. So the matchup is good. The matchup is really, really good for for Bijan, but it's just it's just a matter of being able to trust him. And do we trust him? I'm not quite sure. But Heineke, you can't you can't start Heineke against against the Colts. Can't do that. No. Not yet. Not yet. Not ever. Drake London, I would think about it. I would think about it. Depends what your options are. And then Kyle Pitts, probably not. Absolutely not. Not not a chance. Not a freaking chance. Uh, I just made me think about the whole Kyle Pitts argument that we had over the offseason. I feel very vindicated about that. Well, it all comes. It all comes down to what. Else, I mean, it comes down to last week as well. People were coming at me and saying, "Why wouldn't you start Kyle Pitts? He's, he he scored in 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 week fourteen. Lightning does not strike twice. Understand that lightning does not strike twice. Yeah, this is not the this is the exception, not the rule for Kyle Pitts. Exactly, exactly. He needs he he needs a change of setting. He needs a new coach. He he, he needs something. He needs something because what they've done with Kyle Pitts is, is 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 a crime. I mean, he should be he should be comfortably in the same area that we're talking about. You know, the likes of Kincaid, Laporta, McBride. Hell, he should he should be better than that. He should be better than those guys. And well, he was yeah, like he was a it. monster in college. He was yep. a cheat code at Florida, and yet here we are. Well, the problem is he's that gonna... he's not he's not a uh, 
he's not a flame out NFL player that Arthur Smith because Arthur Arthur Smith knows how to use like John U. Smith, Cordero Patterson, etc. And nothing against John U. and Cordero Patterson, but uh, they've taken the most of their opportunities that they've been that they've been given, and and, and good for them, good for them. I mean, Cordero Patterson's getting paid really nice sum of money. Same with John U. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts would be the, the the focal point of a lot of offenses, especially in the middle of the field. And for some reason, he just not he is not that with the Atlanta Falcons. Take Kyle Pitts, send him to Dallas, send him to Miami, send him somewhere where there's a competent quarterback there. And I promise there's a there's a player in there. A hundred percent. But it's just yeah, it's I, not gonna it's not he's not gonna show himself in Atlanta. Especially with this head team. coach in charge. I know a team that when their quarterback comes back next year could use somebody like Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Even the Jets. Although I mean, I'm fine with Tyler, that. Tyler, I mean, Tyler Conklin is really good, but he's Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, yeah, you know. Kyle Pitts is way better than Tyler Conklin, hundred percent. But anyway, so and then let's move on to the Colts. Yeah. Then, so good game, I think. No, wait. Yes. Yeah, they blew out the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they killed um, them. Absolutely killed them. Yeah. Our old friend, Trey Sermon. Yeah. I... Is that is that a good Jake impression? Sorry. Our old buddy, Trey Sermon. Our good buddy, there you go. Trey Sermon. There you go. There it is. That's, yeah. Trey God. Sermon. God. This is... Hey. Uh... This is this is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. Well, was Zach Boss hurt? I was on a plane when this yeah, game Zach happened. Yeah, Zach Boss got hurt. Zach okay. Boss got hurt. Um, but there is there is speculation that uh, Zach Boss will be ready to go as well as well as Jonathan Taylor. Ooh. Yes, I, that is a little nugget that I've heard. Nothing official yet because obviously it still is Tuesday. Need to wait for injury reports, but there is some belief that Jonathan Taylor is going to be back at practice this week with an eye towards playing in week 16. Well, that's going to be pretty pretty key. For oh, yeah. People heading into, into round two of the playoffs. If, they, if, if they're still in. Yeah, if they're in. Well, obviously, if they're still in. If they're still in. If you're on the consolation ladder, I mean, I I feel like you're probably, if you're in the consolation ladder, you're listening to this because you like the sound of our voice, our voices, because I don't know if you're really using us for advice. You just like us and like to support us. And we support you for supporting us. Use us for advice. Use me for, for advice. Yeah. Whatever. Listen, I'm a, I'm a great therapist. Hit me up anytime. <laughs> Fantasy Therapy, the new spinoff of the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts. I don't know if I can help with that. I, I might need my own strength for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I uh, I don't know. Fantasy is weird. But, yeah. So, Michael Pittman also didn't do all that great. Um, let, let this game hurt. Let this game hurt. Yeah. Concussion. Has to go, has to go through the, uh, the protocol. Uh, this week, but all signs are that he's doing all right. But it's just a matter of does he clear protocol in time to 
get on the field for for his Atlanta game. Yeah, I mean, is DJ Montgomery like a guy who's who who if Michael Pittman doesn't go, is there any receiver that you're starting in this on this team? Yeah, his name is Josh Downs. Okay. That's it. But Josh Downs Josh Downs is not a top 24 play. He's not a top 30 play. He's a borderline top 36 play if there's no Pittman. All right. So he's a low-level flex. So it's it's tough sledding. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. It's kind of the vibe that I'm getting. It just depends what your options are. It just depends yeah. what your options are. And I, what I will say as well before before we uh, before we move on, um, is Gardner Minshew again. He's a fine streamer this week. I don't hate him in in the dome, in the dome against Atlanta. I don't hate it, but just be just be a bit mindful that the Atlanta secondary has been has been pretty good lately against uh, against quarterbacks. They've only allowed two passing touchdowns since week ten. And they allowed two against uh, Baker Mayfield. But just to give you the kind of quarterbacks that they've played as well, um, they played against the Cardinals, who I believe that was Kyler at the time. I just want to check and make sure. I think it was. I think it was Kyler. It was when Kyler came back. Yes, that was his first game back. So they played played against, against Kyler in his return. He didn't throw a touchdown there. They went against Derek Carr. They went against whomever the hell was starting for the Jets in week 13. It was probably Zach. No, it wasn't. It was Tim Boyle. Oh, perfect. Exactly. See, I even lose track of who was starting for the for the Jets at, at what time. All right, so it was Tim it Boyle. It should have been Zach, but whatever. That then game they, sucked. Then they gave up two passing touchdowns to Baker Mayfield, probably the best quarterback that they played in that stretch, you know, with Kyler being at like 50-50 at that point. And then last week, no passing touchdowns allowed to Bryce Young. So the level of competition they've played against has not necessarily been great. When weeks one to nine, they allowed at least one passing touchdown in every single game. Yeah. So roll out, roll out Minshew. He's a, he's a top, he's a borderline top 15 play for me this week. All right, cool. Well, let's move on to an NFC North showdown between the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, this game should be pretty good. You know, a good uh, bounce back for Detroit. Um, kind of riding the ship with them against Denver. Another blowout on Saturday. Another game that I didn't see because I was on a plane. But I did see that Sam Laporta um, just really uh, went off against the Broncos for to the tune of three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, and... my God. I mean, anybody took a shot on, on Laporta. Jesus Christ, good for you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, beginning of the season, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dra- I'm talking about drafting him. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, anything like you're starting a lot of your guys in this game mm-hmm. against the Minnesota Vikings. Like, yeah, you're starting all your guys. You're not overthinking this. No, no, this is not going to take take much much time. You're starting your guys. You're starting golf. Uh, you're starting Gibbs. You're starting Montgomery. Montgomery Montgomery and Gibbs, we've established what they are now. 
Gibbs, it's exactly what I said at the start of the year. It just took some time. Montgomery is the thunder. Gibbs is the lightning. Montgomery is going to have more carries. It's not going to be as sexy, but he's going to get you the tough yards, and Gibbs is going to get you the flash, the pizzazz, the spark that you know we all, we all want to see. Uh, you you fire them both up. Montgomery is a lower end RB two. Gibbs is a lower end RB one for me. For me this week, uh, you start Amon Ra. Guys, just unreal. He does it almost every single week at this point. Uh, you don't start anybody else from from the Lions, and then yeah, you I, you could find room for that guy Sam Laporta. He's pretty good. Yeah, well that's easy. And then Minnesota. Do you want to do the thing? Minnesota. Thank you. Love it. Um, no Alexander Madison from for Minnesota, but you know, as far as the running game is concerned, it didn't really matter all that much because Ty Chandler, as we mentioned, just stole the show completely. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kind of interesting because with Justin Jefferson back, doubt he's at a hundred percent anyway, but honestly, who is at this point in the season, but Jordan Addison you know, was a lot better in this game than as far as yards and touchdowns. And um, it's more of an even split, I guess. Justin Jefferson didn't like, he got 10 targets, but he didn't like, you know, take over this game like people kind of expected him to. All right. You're, no, you're, you're 100% right. But I think it came down to opportunity, you know, where when when Cincinnati was, you know, trying to work their way back into this game, there were opportunities where or or, or sequences where, you know, they, they were trying to take away Justin Jefferson. They were trying to take away T.J. Hawkinson and Jordan Addison just found himself in a lot of one on ones. And, and and Nick Mullins, I think he, he definitely looked a lot more comfortable this week than he did than he did last week. He looked way more comfortable, way more in his own, and and made some really really good throws. Um, and then Jordan Addison. I mean, the problem with Addison that I have just going forward and looking at a much longer term picture is he's going to be stuck behind the likes of Jefferson and Hawkinson. He's going to be no more than a number three option here. But what he can do is something like this on the odd week. But it's about finding that odd week which is going to be the tough part. Redraft, redraft. he's an excellent, excellent buy next year because he's not going to cost you as much. I mean, when you look at the likes of the other rookie receivers that were, you know, in the class this year, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know he's going to be a lot a lot more expensive coming coming into next year um, given the fact that, well, it looks like uh, Tyler Lockett's going to be going to be on, on his way out. I can tell you right now, I think there, there's a pretty good shot that, JSN is going to be is going to be taken higher than Jordan Addison. Got to look at Zay Flowers. You got to look at Quentin Johnston. Quentin Johnston's just a, a, a disaster of a pick, uh, looking like over over Zay Flowers. And that's one that might live in the uh, in the memory for a long time. But Jordan Addison, the kid can play. The kid the, the kid can, uh, can can definitely play. Um, I don't know if it's good enough where I'm going to be saying yeah, absolutely fire him up against the against the Detroit Lions. But what I will say is the way that you do attack the Detroit Lions is through the air. Lions concede the eighth both eighth most seventh most points, excuse me, math to the 
wide receiver position. They also concede the ninth most points to the tight end position. So, oh, and and then the the key point. Yeah, I think I have to complete the point. Complete my point. Uh, they allow the fewest yes. points. They allow they allow the fewest points to running backs. But is it enough for me to keep off of Ty Chandler? No, no. If Madison doesn't play, would I fire up Chandler as a as a higher end flex option? Yes, higher end flex. I would I would consider firing up Chandler, but it depends on your offense. I see. I I mean it makes sense though. Yeah, I beg it, I beg anybody if you, if you have a Ty Chandler question, submit your Ty Chandler question to the mailbag because I'm curious. And that's obviously contingent on Alexander Madison not playing. If Madison doesn't play, uh. Send in all the tight all the tight Chandler questions. I'm curious to see what the options are uh for people that are firing up uh that could be firing up Chandler. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see that as well. Um let's move on swiftly. Oh, I burned it. Sorry. You lit that one on fire. Yeah, no, I, I burned that. I'm sorry. That's we'll, okay. We'll we'll save that one for later. Just Wipe off the smoke, use the fire extinguisher, save it for later. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the Packers in Carolina against the Panthers. A um, lot of uh, question marks for both teams, really. So, yeah, Christian Watson is the big question mark for Green Bay. Because, like, what are we doing? He's and the Packers, you know, got the got caved in against Tampa Bay at mm-hmm. home yeah. last week. I, I and, mean, you just got you just got to look at look at the Green Bay situation, right? Christian Watson hasn't practiced now in two weeks. The hamstrings been bothering him all year. He just comes off to be as a very fragile player, and. I won't have any shares of Christian Watson next year. That ship is done. And watch Christian Watson comes in next year. He's healthy. He's refreshed and he has a 1300 yard season. Well, I don't have him. Just be classic. Really would be. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, I won't, he's not, a, he won't be on my teams either. And he's probably going to do the same thing because that's exactly, that's exactly what happens. That's what happened with Mike Evans last year. Yeah. Uh, Mike Evans was on my team. One of my teams last year, he was awful. Dog shit. Terrible. Yeah. On the record. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And then this year, did not draft him anywhere. Did not pick him up on waivers, and he's amazing. Well, because Mike Evans loves me. Yeah, and he hates me, apparently. I didn't have Mike Evans anywhere last year. I had Mike Evans anywhere, and this year I drafted Mike Evans everywhere I could. I love that boy. He's he's special. <laughs> he's a nice man. Nice man. Makes me smile. Um, But Jaden Reed... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against Carolina, mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, Tucker Craft even scored in in that game against Tampa Bay. My boy Tucker Craft, there he is again. I might, uh, I might be uh, on your board or on board with you about that take that you had that I just about Tucker Craft being better than Luke Musgrave. That dude's good. That dude's good. Awesome. Also, I just realized, I just noticed, our old one of our other old friends made an appearance for the Green Bay Packers. Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake. One carry. 
zero yards. Yep. Yep. There was a Kenyon Drake appearance. I was like, wait, who the hell is 32 for the Packers? And I looked it up. I was like, oh, my God, that's Kenyon Drake. He's back. The man yeah, survived. Kinda... The man survived the meteor that's, that killed all the dinosaurs. There he is. He's just like, he's there. He's the, he's going to be the new Frank Gore. That's Megalodon right there. <laughs> Megalodon, Kenyon Drake. He survived Adam Gaze, the Cardinals, and now this. Baltimore. Baltimore. Well, Miami. I mean, no, well, Indy. Well, I'm saying he survived two catastrophic toxic Oh, situations. you're talking about catastrophic spots. I see, I see, I see. I yeah. see. He survived Adam Gaze. Yep. And he survived the Cardinals under Josh Rosen. Yeah. I think I think he was on that team. I think maybe that's he right. was still with Adam Gaze. But yeah, it was not I forgot how that he survived, you know, getting his job taken by Chase Edmonds that one year. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So And we stuff. all and people were out there saying that Chase Edmonds and Sean Tucker was gonna take we're gonna take over for, for Rashad White. Oh man, that was that was a dark time. <laughs> Where it's like week two, and I was like, "Oh my God, Sean Tucker! He looks so good in training camp." No, no, no let's, let's stop that. Let's stop that. Sean Tucker is <laughs> Sean Tucker is not Rashad White. Let's 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 cut that out. Yeah, but you're of, yeah, Chase <clears throat> Chase Edmonds also in this game. Hilariously, yeah, you're not playing Chase Edmonds. Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Never. I know. Never. Uh, but you're you're firing up Jordan Love. Uh, you're you're firing up Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is going to show Arthur Smith what running backs should be doing, especially number one running backs should be doing to the Carolina Panthers. Like Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones needs to have a a good day. It's just been it's just been the year from hell for Aaron Jones to put it point blank. Um, but something tells me he scores. I don't know what it is, but something tells me that he scores. Maybe it's just the Carolina Panthers and that they suck. But I can tell you right now, I won't be going to Aaron Jones in a column this week. That's for damn sure. Uh, and Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed, absolutely yes. If, if there's no Christian Watson, Jaden Reed is a locked and loaded low-end wide receiver too this week. I would love him a lot. All right, cool. And then on the Panthers, so... You want to make, make, make this? Yeah, I was going to say. How did, that, the only... how did that go? <laughs> well, I mean, Chuba, Chuba was Chuba. He did exactly what I said he was going to do. He had 20-plus calories yet again. It was exactly how it's gone. The problem is they just doesn't score. But the thing is, this Carolina offense doesn't score. If this Carolina offense put up 15 more points a week, Chuba Hubbard would be... He he'd be started in every fantasy playoff under the sun. Yeah, because well, odds are he'd but... be getting one of those touchdowns. But the fact of the matter is, the underlying numbers for Chuba are pretty good. So there's a situation that's happening here in Carolina where it, it's not it's not that Chuba Hubbard is just taking advantage of an opportunity, a la Kyron Williams a la Rashad White, the numbers and the advanced metrics are all in his favor, which really, really helps him. And the fact when Carolina has tried to reintegrate Miles Sanders and use Miles Sanders, 
this guy has been absolute and utter dog shit. He had six carries for two yards. That is a point yeah. three yard per carry. Point That's not three. great. And he actually got all of that basically on one run. Mm -hmm. Because he had his long was three yards. So yep. he had an after that one run of three yards, his net was negative one. Yep. It's it's Di diabolical what Miles Sanders has done to, to people this year. It's just absolutely diabolical. But the only Carolina Panther that I'm going to be comfortable starting is Chuba Hubbard as a flex. That's it. Told you. Adam Adam Thielen included. Yeah, told you about Miles Sanders, but whatever. <laughs> and I told you just, about Chuba Hubbard, so we're even. We are even. We are indeed even. Okay, cool. So easy this is a great transition because we will now be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the you know the surprise team of the year are is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and I know um, people people love to hate on him people love to hate on him but give Todd Bowles credit I know well after his disaster last year with Tom Brady in mm -hmm. Tom Brady's last year he is still has Tampa Bay in a great spot. Yeah. Give Todd Bowles a lot of credit. The, the man has set up this team to to succeed and potentially make make a run. And I, I tell you what, this game against Jacksonville is going to be really, really, really interesting. Because Jacksonville, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville Jacksonville are reeling right now. There's two teams going in opposite directions. Jacksonville are crashing. And Tampa, they are just they're they're trending up. I know. Watch out, Jacksonville. You know, for sure. Indianapolis objects in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear. For sure. And I I can tell you what, with 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 Baker Mayfield and just the overall character that Baker Mayfield is, he's a guy that I do not want to be facing in a playoff game. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw it happen last time. He was in the playoffs. Right. You no. Know, Right, yeah, and Baker, Baker too. Baker's on, Baker's on a definite, a definite heater. Four touchdowns last week versus versus Green Bay. His last two weeks, six touchdowns, no picks, rushing touchdown uh, against Atlanta as well. And, and you know, got to look at it for what it is. Next two games for for Baker Mayfield, both at home against Jacksonville and and against New Orleans. So, Mike Evans versus Marshawn Lattimore, round two. Here we go. Can't wait to see it. And for anybody who's curious as to what Baker Mayfield did against New Orleans in the first round, uh, three touchdowns, one pick in week number four uh, for Baker Mayfield. So he's had success against New Orleans. Baker could be a very solid option uh, to start for the remainder for the remainder of the season if, for whatever reason, he's available in your leagues, which he's only rostered in 49% of ESPN leagues. I think that's really low. He should be rostered in uh, in a whole lot more. I'm firing up Baker this week. I, I would rather start Baker over the likes of, of Gardner Minshew and Jordan Love for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, he's having a great season. He could have 30 touchdowns by the end of this season. Yeah, and he's going to be a very popular guy that I think teams are going to want to sign on a as like a bridge quarterback to their to their next guy. I think Baker is going to be a very, very popular guy to get like a two- or a three-year deal somewhere. I don't cough, think cough, not mentioning leave. any names, specifically Pittsburgh. Yeah, I don't. well, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to let him leave. No, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah, I, mean, I don't Baker know if he's Mayfield like a franchise. Still... I don't know if he's a franchise guy, but could he get? Could he get maybe something similar to what Seattle paid Geno? Yeah, I think it's possible. 
And, well, Baker Mayfield had more going for him than, oh, well, I guess you're thinking of Geno's, con- like, second contract with Seattle. I'm thinking like of the, the contract, contract that, he, that he just signed this past offseason. Okay, after he performed well in 2022. Yes. I see yes. what you mean. Correct. Yeah. Well, Baker Mayfield's still only 28. Right. Like, he's still, he's still, like, around, in and around his prime mm-hmm. as a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, these so, are these are theoretically the the, the prime years of, ba- of Baker Mayfield's career, and he's showing why he was a first round pick or first overall pick. Yeah, he's look he's honestly. looked excellent. He, he's looked excellent in 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 various spots for for Tampa. He's kept the ship ship very much afloat. And in a year where I think a lot of people wrote off the Bucks, uh, Baker Mayfield is in a position where yeah, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could be could be winning the division and hosting a playoff game. Yep. Against and the Cleveland Browns, against really, Dallas or or Philadelphia, again, um, again, yeah. Man, the Cleveland Browns should really look at that guy, Baker Mayfield, or maybe the Panthers. They should really look at that guy. I'm well, the, the, the Browns, the Browns don't need to be looking at at Baker because they have they have their guy. They 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 found their guy, and it's Carolina. You know, they sold it. They sold their soul to the devil to get their guy. The, the Browns did. Who? Deshaun Watson. Oh, no, no, no. Screw him. I was talking about elite Joe Flacco. Oh, yeah. Great guy. He's very, very elite. He's elite. Love him. Well, it's pretty easy for, yeah, this is easy. Uh, for the Bucks. Yep. As far yep. as who you're starting. Stream Baker, start White. Start Evans, Chris Godwin. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Have him do. Have him do it again. Do it. And it's the playoffs again. So don't even. You're not playing games in the playoffs. No, 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 like no. Not, but double yeah. targets back to back weeks. That's nice. Where was that early in the season? That's that's my only question. Um, and yeah, you're starting that guy, Mike Evans. He's uh, he's pretty good, and it did not require him playing in week 18 for him to get his thousand yards. He he got it last week. Yep. Guy's unbelievable. For Jacksonville. He's great. He's going to definitely gold jackets in his future. Yep. Oh, for sure. For sure. And you can't start my good buddy, Kay Otten, even though I, I would really love oh. it if he did. He's a great guy. Um, okay. Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville. I mean, who are you starting in Jacksonville is probably the better question because – the ja- the Jaguar Trevor Lawrence is obviously I mean whatever the whatever the fuck he did to come back <laughs> it's probably just, not helping no it's not helping honestly it's at, probably actively hurting him I mean yeah. I'm not a doctor I I want to just contrary to what Bird always says about me I'm not a doctor ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen you know that Adam is a, is a man of of many professions an award winning journalist. A radio professional. He's got multiple degrees from Hofstra University, an award-winning journalist. And of course, as everybody knows, my God, Dustin the Cobwebs of this one. I've used this in a long time. He gets daily emails from the Associated Press, this one percent piece of shit. It's unbel it's unbelievable. Um It's like playing two two truths and a lie, but it's just my qualifications. Your qualifications, yeah, your resume. Your resume just on on full yeah. display. Allegedly. This is what I say, right? It, it's always hard for anybody. Adam and I have had debates about this in the past. 
where I completely understand a guy who wanted to go out there at less than a hundred percent and play for play for the team because he feels like he's him not playing is letting the team down. But where I will agree with Adam is when the play of the guy that is hurt is negatively impacting the team, the coach needs to step in and be like, Hey, you, you, you need to figure your shit out. And this is now two bad games in a row for Jacksonville, for Trevor Lawrence. That ankle's not right. That ankle's not right. Like, Doug Peterson, be an adult and be, and just sit Trevor Lawrence down and be like, Hey, listen, you're not going, you know, we want you to be, this is their franchise quarterback mm-hmm. here. We want yep. you to, we don't want to do any long-term damage to you, to your ankle or right. to you as a player. Right. Just, right. you know, we'll probably, like, we'll probably make the playoffs. Maybe. And then yeah, we'll they will. They'll, 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 they'll win the South. Well, maybe. I mean, Indianapolis and Houston. I think they'll win the South. But anyway, and then reevaluate in the playoffs because Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence, it just, you know, they're not doing it's not working well for them. I mean, maybe it's because they were playing Baltimore, who's a great defense. But yeah, they just look lost. They look they've looked completely lost. This is this is gonna be a big week to determine where Trevor Lawrence is at with that ankle because we well, he hurt the ankle against Cincinnati. Pretty much he's been a very efficient passer for most most of the season at around like 65-70% passer rating most weeks. And then the last two weeks while he's been playing on that ankle, he's been at a fifty-five percent has had a fifty-five percent completion percentage against Cleveland, then a fifty-eight completion percentage against Baltimore. Those numbers are down from what Trevor Lawrence normally does. So uh, it's not conjecture. That's not me speculating. They are backed up in the numbers that this is like a guy that, for most games this year, has been averaging around six in the range of 70 percent completion percentage most weeks. You now have him down at the fifties. That's usually a tell. That there's there's something there's something going on there. Yeah, and he has to go down to Tampa Bay. Humidity is not like bad for injuries, is it? No, I've heard. No, no, no. I I, I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, at know, least for me it's not. Deal. At least for me it's not. Oh, I was being sarcastic. I'm pretty sure playing in that humid humid air is not great. Oh, okay. Also, I didn't know that. I don't know. You're the doctor here, not me. I'm not a doctor, but you're you're the doctor I've, here. Or, well, I guess he plays all of his home games in Florida anyway. So yeah, I yeah. guess I, mean, I can tell you right now. I mean, I mean, I I I survive in New York when it's you know a hundred a hundred degrees and and well, uh, and 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 the like. South Florida is a little different, as my one of my best friends that grew up in Florida says. Walking outside in Florida is like you just took a shower, and it's and that feeling is constant. <laughs> Walking outside in Florida in the summer is like you just it feels like you just took a shower. Fair. That's that's not an unreasonable take. <laughs> um and then are you starting ETN? Kinda have to starting... kinda have to, and I hate it. If you have Kirk better Ridley. options, I would explore better options. But if you don't, you kinda have to. Like then... I, I, I would not I would not sit ETN for Chuba Hubbard. I would think about sitting ETN for Chandler, but I probably wouldn't. 
if that helps. It does help. If that helps. Yeah. And then the receivers. No Christian Kirk in this in uh, last, I'm sorry, game, I am. last game. I'm not starting yeah. again. Nope. That includes Ridley. Nope. Not doing it. He's getting the targets, but the problem is now is that defenses are doubling Ridley. Yeah. But I would start Evan Ingram, though. I, I would start Ingram. That could be good. That could be a solid matchup. Yeah. Something, te- something tells me that Ingram is probably the way that Jacksonville can unlock this Tampa Tampa defense. The, the Bucks have given up a touchdown in two straight weeks, looking to make it a third if Ingram can find his way into uh, into the end zone on Sunday. Yep. All right. Next up, we have a tank bowl between the Arizona Cardinals and the Chicago Bears. Yay. I'm so excited. Is there anybody that you're starting from this in this game? I, yeah. Aside yeah, absolutely. Tra- Trey McBride, DJ Moore, James Conner, Kyler. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kyler, I would start. Connor, I would start. McBride, start. Field, start. Moore, start. And I would think about streaming uh, Komet. Interesting. I would think about it. Definitely okay. think about it. Because I mean, what, what Kyler and Justin Fields bring to the table is they bring they bring those rushing floors, which we've talked about all, all year. They can get a rushing touchdown. Wonderful. That makes that makes their their ceilings even greater. Um, Connor, you you know that he's going to be a, he's going to be. Odds are he'll find a way to get get into the end zone, um, at least at some point. And then Trey McBride, especially with no Hollywood, McBride has been the apple of 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 Kyler Murray's eye. He's got twenty five catches in his last three games. That's obscene. That is absolutely obscene. So fire, fire up uh, Trey McBride. He's a top five play for me this week. I love him. I'm literally starting him over George Kittle in the guillotine. I don't think that's me. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's crazy one bit. What I will say is yeah. I think I would rather go for the guy that's on Monday night just to get some last licks. But it's not insane. Because, but George Kittle has, a, you know, I'm gonna, I'm saying this now. He's going to go off and you know knock me out of the playoffs. No, but... I don't know. I I can't say I can't say for sure that he will. Yeah, where McBride, McBride it... is the is the safer floor without a doubt. Absolutely, absolutely without a doubt. And we're and we're going to talk about that game also. So we'll we'll get there. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that's easy. So let's move on to those Monday nighters. And start with the Giants at the Eagles. <laughs> oh, man. Beating the Seahawks, same for everybody. <laughs> Not only that, they lost to a backup. <laughs> yeah, this Eagles team might be on fraud watch. Oh, fuck Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Nick, Nick Sirianni, man. I want to I want to punch him in the throat. I really do. He, 
God, that guy. That guy is so annoying. Yeah. That that shtick only really works when your team's winning. Yeah. It does. And when they're not winning, it, you just come you come off as a crybaby. Well, yeah. Why do you think Bill Belichick disciples are all assholes? Is because you can only be an asshole when you're winning. It's not that's not an outrageous take. <laughs> he and he's just an asshole. Which is weird because he's who's coaching is he under like the Peterson Reed coaching tree? Or Sirianni? Yeah. Um I forget. I forget exactly where Sirianni. I just want to know who taught him how to be an asshole. So his first hire was the 2009 Chiefs. Okay. Was that the Todd was that Todd Haley? Two thousand and nine, Kansas City Chiefs was Todd Haley. Oh, so that's the Mike Tomlin coaching tree. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Who is actually the Bill Cower coaching? Oh, I see where I see the connection. <laughs> yes. Todd Haley and the... Scott and Scott Pioli. Yeah. Oh, actually, it's an even closer connection. Todd Haley is also an asshole, so maybe that's what it was. <laughs> so I've heard, I've heard Todd Haley is actually a very nice guy, so I can't comment. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've heard Todd Haley is actually heard, a very nice guy, so I, I can't I've comment. Heard, I've heard from Steelers fans that he's an asshole, but I guess maybe they just didn't like him when he when he was there. Well, Steelers Steelers fans didn't like Matt Canada. I've also heard, I've, I've also heard Matt Canada is a very nice man. Interesting. I didn't even realize. Um, maybe he's just like a cutthroat business person. You know, oh, sure. I mean, they all, they all got to be cutthroat. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Tom Landry was a very, was a very nice man, but you don't you don't go many places by being just a nice guy. You got you got to be cutthroat in your profession. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but anyway, Nick Sirianni, he's a dick. The, yeah, I can't the Philadelphia stand Eagles. <laughs> Either way. Uh, yeah. Nick Sirianni's a dick. But for the Philadelphia Eagles, I mean, Jalen Hurts coming into this game is sick. So, you know, that definitely didn't help. Um, I mean, DeAndre Swift at least um, showed signs of life. Yep. Yeah, most and, definitely. Um, you know, earlier early in this game, I was a little worried. Although, honestly, looking at the box score, I'm a little worried about Devontae Smith and, you know, this whole thing. Like, he caught all five of his targets, but, you know, he was outpaced 2-1 to one by A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard almost 2-1. to one. So, I know it's what you said. I know. I didn't say anything more. Yeah, it's what you said. That's it. Yeah, it's definitely worrying. And it also comes down to the fact that Jalen Hurts has played like shit the past three weeks. He has yeah. one passing touchdown in his last three games. That is horrific. And for you stupid moron Eagles fans that think that, oh, this is your NFL MVP, not when he's playing like this. 
No, 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 no. Nope. Uh-uh. Nope. Not a shot. Not a shot. Yeah. Since that Buffalo game, he has been terrible. Yeah. Well, yeah. And uh, um, I mean, can't, can't we not say this, Adam? Let's yeah. go, Giants. Oh, God. Might be the kiss of death, but let's go, Giants. Oh, oh God. Um, yeah. Well, it's the rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts. It's that stupid. It's the the brotherly shove is that's been that's been saving his season from oh without a doubt perspective. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. That, yep. Yep. The reason that he hasn't been killing you from a fantasy perspective. That is one million percent correct. Jalen Hurts has a rushing touchdown in every game this year, bar four. Yeah, and he scored, and he has two rushing touchdowns per game in his last, I, okay, six, se- seven rushing touchdowns since the bye. It took me a second to, to, to formulate what I was about to say, but he has seven rushing touchdowns since the bye. And that's yeah, he only... Has four, he has 14 rushing touchdowns on the year. Yeah, which, I mean, you know... That's Jalen Hurts' MO. That's what we all expected. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was wrong. I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's sustainable getting all these rushing touchdowns, but apparently it is. Because, you know, the second poor DeAndre Swift manager, so like the second that they get down to the one yard line, I'm like, oh fuck. You know, that's it. Swift isn't scoring a touchdown. Yeah, you know it's coming. And it's uh yeah. It's a little, little crazy, but I mean, yeah, this is going to be, these next two matchups are going to be pretty, pretty nice for the Eagles though. Yeah, for because sure. For after, sure. And, and they're need, both, both at home as well. You just need to make sure that you get Jalen Hurts to the playoffs in some sort of good enough shape because yeah, you can get away with the tush push against the Giants and the Cardinals and, you know, live and die by the tush push. But as we saw against Seattle, you play against competent teams that can punish you for mistakes, for playing hurt, for bad football just in general. You're going to get punished. And the Eagles defense has looked like absolute dog shit for better part of the last two months. They cannot figure it out in the secondary. And any good team, especially a playoff team, is going to take full advantage of that. And they are going to throw all over the park against this this Eagles defense. I, I'm not scared of them. Not in the slightest. Yeah. And that's not, I mean, that's not me coming as, as, as a Cowboys fan saying that. I just want to put that out there. That's for everybody. A team facing the Philadelphia Eagles should not be worried about the defense. Because you could throw all over them. You just need a competent enough quarterback. Well, it's the pass rush, really, that is scary with the Eagles. Yeah, I, and I can tell you right now, if if things stay the way that they are right now, granted, Philadelphia still controls, controls their own destiny. If they win out, they win the division. If Philadelphia has to go to Tampa, the upset radar is going nuts yeah a little bit honestly i think uh, i think you're kind of right on that one because tampa bay is they're a great passing team yes they are 
and you're gonna tell me you're gonna tell me Mike Evans is gonna go that game without scoring? You're crazy. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. But basically, in this game, you're starting all your Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're starting all your Eagles. You're starting Hurts. Swift is a low end RB two, but you you still play him. If you have better options, then sure, go ahead. Uh, you're starting Brown. You're starting Smith. You're starting Goddard. Yep. And then for the Giants, Saquon Barkley, Barkley and Waller. That's it. Yeah. Waller's a super low end starting option. Probably need a touchdown. Well, that helps. And then you need you need yeah. a touchdown from from Waller for him to to do anything. But four for forty on six targets. Definitely a, uh, a a good sign for uh, for him trying to get his, get his way back. I think I think he he'll have a part to play in, in in this game in this game for sure. Eagles are are bang average against against tight ends. They're around twelfth. All right, that works. Cool. And then our final game, which could be the best game of the lot here. Mm-hmm. Yep. On Christmas night. Um, the night of Christmas, where I will probably be eating Chinese food. Um, not probably. I will definitely be eating Chinese food yeah. <laughs> while this game is is going on. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, the former Harbowl, mm-hmm. a Super Bowl rematch. And potentially a and, Super Bowl preview. Yeah. Can you imagine if they play twice the same matchup twice in... In around ten years, I I would tell you that'd be that would be a very very boring Super Bowl for me personally. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Think of the narratives: Kyle Shanahan going back to the Super Bowl, Lamar Jackson getting the chance to prove the doubters wrong after he gets that big contract. Yeah, I don't know. Not for me. Okay, it's not the style of football that I like personally. That's just my own opinion. Okay. Of course, I would watch it. Uh, like, I'm not saying that I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl. Like, I mean, come on. But this isn't the matchup that I would want personally. I feel like it would be going a great matchup. Now, if one Two. of them were in it against somebody else, then all right, we have a conversation. We have a conversation to be had. But uh, for me, this is not the kind of matchup that I would want to see. That's just my own personal opinion. All right. Well, anyway, so. Starting off with the Ravens, um, great game for the Ravens on Sunday night against Jacksonville. And, um, you know, Lamar Jackson still doing his thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, still being the leading rusher for the Rams and Zay Flowers Ravens. doing his thing too. And Ravens. Just, what did I say? Rams. Did I say Rams? Ra- Ravens. He did. I knew what yeah. you meant. I knew what you meant. Yeah, the Rams, Ravens, whatever. The Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens, the team that wears purple. The team that wears purple, there you go. The team that wears purple, the Baltimore Ravens. They play in, in Baltimore. The former Cleveland Browns. Um, Yeah, so Lamar Jackson, like I said, doing his thing. Gus mm-hmm. Edwards did score the rushing touchdown for the Ravens, though. Yeah, and, 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 and Gus, Edwards, Gus Edwards now is a, is a must-start guy. He's a must-start guy now that Keaton Mitchell is is gone. Uh, Justice Hill is probably back as your uh, your PPR guy, but who's going to get the majority of your your running back carries? It's going to be Gus Edwards now. Yep. And then the receivers, 
I mean, ooh, Zay Flowers, never mind. Zay Flowers did nothing in this ga- in that game against Jacksonville. Um, None of them did. Yeah. Rashad Bateman was the leading they, receiver on the day with actually it was with three Isaiah, catches. Oh, lead, yeah, lead, the receiver. leading guy in the receiver room. Sorry, I, sh- I should have uh, emphasized and likely had f- uh, five catches and, and he scored as well. Yeah. So are you starting likely? Are starting you Lamar, are you, you starting Gus Edwards. I would still start Zay Flowers. You're not starting Odell. That, that chip is gone. And yeah, I'm sorry, Isaiah likely for sure. All right. Interesting. I agree. But, you know, who would have thought that we were we're going to be here talking about Isaiah Likely, you know, in semifinals? Isaiah Likely is not a touchdown or bust tight end. He's not in Taysom Hill and Darren Waller bracket. He's above that. He's a solid, solid start with a very solid floor, I think. All right. And then you're basically starting – Everybody on the Niners that you, that you can think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're starting Purdy. You're starting McCaffrey. You're starting Debo. You're starting Ayuk, and you're starting Kittle. And you're just pr- you're just praying. Kittle. You're praying that your guy is going to be the guy that has uh, that has a game. Yeah, because like unless you're in a guillotine situation like I am, where I have where I picked up Trey McBride and I can start Trey McBride over Kittle. Uh, see, I don't think I don't think it's strictly you know a guillotine situation. I think people could probably have picked up Trey McBride. Just on waivers. True. I think it's entirely plausible. So you might be in a situation like would you be in a situation where where is George Kittle in your rankings? He's my tight end six. Okay. Who's above him? McBride is above him. Uh Laporta's above him. Hawkinson's above him. Kelsey's above him. And there's one more that was above him. Oh, Ferguson. Uh, Ferguson's above him as well. Ferguson. Yeah, Ferguson. Really? Jake yeah. Ferguson. Yep. I like Ferguson a lot. You don't have, you don't have uh, Goddard above Kittle? No. No, I don't. I do not. All right. It's very yeah. close between Bob and Joku and Kittle for me. Very, very, very close. Yeah, I'm just saying this because Kittle's been worrying over his past couple, honestly, basically since the Tampa Bay game. Um, it's been worrying from him. He's only he only has two uh, one touchdown in that span. This is and just what George really, Kittle does. I know. This is the George Kittle experience, and this is why I'll never have George Kittle in a fantasy. He, he's just not – it's feast or famine all the time. It's like the journey sucks, but people are still like, oh, yes, he's a top five tight end. Yeah, but, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, and he'll he'll finish the year somewhere around somewhere around 1,000 yards and, and have 65, 70 catches, which, end of the day, I mean, you're, you're loving that. But, yeah, George Kittle, he's never been – he's never been a guy that I've gone out of my way to, to, to try and get. And I, I've never had Kittle, and I, and I never will. Yeah, no, I'm not crazy about it anymore. Um, but the Ravens also are very good against tight ends. This is just a know, lot of mouths to beat in this offense. And you know McCaffrey's going to get his. You know Debo's going to get his. And odds are Ayuk is going to get his because Brock Purdy does like throwing the ball to Brandon Ayuk. And he likes throwing, throwing the ball to McCaffrey too. McCaffrey oh, yes, is he just does. Been, yes, he does. Right? Who wouldn't? 
I know. He's been a cheat code for this offense, McCaffrey. You, you or I could throw for 200 yards if we were throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey, to be fair. Yes. Just don't... Yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, I definitely. Absolutely. He'll have to be... He'll have to get used to left-handed spirals for me. But, you know, it'll work. It'll work out. He'll get used to it. He'll get used to it. He'll get used to it. Um. Yeah. Well, that is it for that. Stay tuned for later this week where we will go over all the AFC home games in the in this review preview style and also the mailbag heading into semifinals. And yes. then I would think you might have said this before, but no review for week 16. Correct. Correct. I, I, I believe I did say that. Um, and just bears repeating again. Uh, no show on that Monday. We'll do something very similar to what we did today on on Tuesday. Yep. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I'm my co-host, Ed Birdsell. I'm Adam Caster. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.